Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Binge all episodes of The Last City ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And it's funny, like, I, because I've been doing this for as long as I have now. Like, it's not just a cute bunny anymore. You get excited about a cute bunny. You're like, oh my gosh, that one's clearly cute. And then as they grow and you start to see their quality, you're like, oh, you're so hot. And I start just telling my rabbits, gosh, dang, you're sexy. Just stop it. Stop it. Look at that hind quarter. Get out of here. You're so full to the table. And uh, the affection grows in just like Work their quality. Work it, girl. Yeah. I'm like, go, go, girl. Hello, hello, bonjour, guten tag, and konnichiwa. Welcome to the Fanatics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David Magadoff. And I'm the other, Claire Kramer. Hello, or should I say, uh, bonjour. (laughs) Bonjour, Bonjour, David. How are you? Delightful, especially with our wonderful guest today. Our guest today is Nicole Tompkins. She is a recent addition to my friend Posse here in Los Angeles. I absolutely love her. Uh, Taught her to play Canasta recently. But you probably know her as Jill Valentine from the Resident Evil series. She's done mocap for pretty much every fantasy game out there, including Lord of the Rings. She has a very cool movie called Atrium out right now, which you should definitely check out on Amazon Prime. But we're not talking about any of that today. We are going to talk about her love for mini Rex bunnies. Hmm. Isn't that cute? It's like the cutest thing in the world with mini, the cutest thing in the world with bunny, and then something that has a dinosaur associated with it. So let's talk to Nicole. What makes a mini Rex rabbit different from a regular rabbit? Nicole, help us out there. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I mean, just like any dog or or cat breed, you know, people are like, I love poodles. I love cocker spaniels. Well, rabbits, there's a ton of different breeds and there's a specific number of breeds that are recognized by ARBA, which is the American Rabbit Breeders Association. If you have a breed of like a a purebred anything, uh, there's usually some organization that oversees like what that means and like what the standard for a particular animal is uh, based on, you know, the evolution of these kind of like animals throughout time as domestic pets. Um, So mini Rex rabbits specifically are fantastic because they're utterly useless. Um, They are not used for meat. They are not used for fur. They're just adorable, snuggly little pet rabbits um, because essentially they're the dwarf version of what's called a Rex rabbit, which is a quite large rabbit that used to be used for 
fur pelts. They still have Rexes around. They're giant. I walk past them and I ignore them because the mini Rex ones are cuter because you take something that's pretty and soft and you make it small and it's it's just like a, a, a baby Yoda style. Adorable ball of fun. Maelstrom of joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that does that explain a mini Rex rabbit? I feel like it does. Just a bundle of joy. Okay, so the big Rex... <laughs> rabbits is that is that like the ones that you see yes. at the zoo where like this bunny weighs 40 pounds it's how big is right, this so rabbit yeah those are those are flemish giants Ooh. um so that's a different breed no not that so the 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 rex rabbits i think the closest like pop culture association is the velveteen rabbit is usually a mini rex because oh, okay. they have a very they have a very unique coat they're the only kind that has this specific coat and actually rex uh, refers to their coat. So instead of the rabbit hair coat, they have a velvet coat. It's a very short coat. So you take that standard rabbit coat, you make it shorter, and then it make, becomes very dense and plush. So when you touch it, it doesn't feel real. Like when people touch my rabbits for the first time, they're like, what? This is a living animal? I'm like, yeah. I <laughs> is know. it like cashmere? It on, is it like a velvet. magical cashmere? Velvet. It's like, like velvet. velveteen. Velvet. I'm like, I was like, what's like velvet? I did walk into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Nicole, how did you how did you get into this? Like how what was the origin story for you of uh Mini yeah, Rex rabbits? Kind of kind of strange. So I'm from Texas originally. We're animal folk. Like I grew up with horses. I grew up on, you know, 20 acres and then 4 acres of land. So we had all kinds of of animals kind of growing up and then when I moved to Los Angeles to act, you can't you can't beat the animal loving Texan out of out of you even if you move to the city. So what happened was I was quite young and it became a hobby that I started doing with my mom as a way for us to kind of connect because I started acting at a really early age and I sort of in some ways like kind of kicked her out of my career really early because I wanted responsibility over that I wanted it to be my thing and she really respected that because she's highly intelligent and I have an amazing relationship with my mom but it gave us something to do together that wasn't like always talking about acting or auditions or like you know that sort of thing it gave us something to kind of bond over and be excited about because she's the number one animal lover ever she'll save a baby anything and so yeah when I was 16-ish I was like I want a rabbit. I don't know. I just want a bunny. I had had bunny stuffed animals and we'd never had rabbits with all the animals we'd had. And uh, she was like, okay, great. Well, you know, anytime someone wants an animal, mom's like on the, on the internet being like, well, what do we want? You know? Um, and <laughs> how she do we like, find the perfect rabbit? Right. Exactly. Perfect, perfect bunny. And she was like, here, here's my thought. Hear me out. If you get a rabbit, I think you should get a pedigree rabbit that like has a pedigree, you know, you'll know its lineage, you'll know its health because she had at one point in her early, early life raised rabbits. I think they were meat rabbits, actually. They were just these big, 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 big rabbits that were not pet rabbits. So she was just like, if you're going to get a pet, like get something pedigreed, you'll know its health and, and all of that sort of stuff. So she went researching and she knew that I loved the, like the velveteen rabbit sort of thing. So she found the breed mini Rex. We got a mini Rex. Um, after that, she was like, well, this is really fun. Did you know that they have shows? And I was like, shows? She was like, yeah, for rabbits, like rabbit shows. We could take, we could take <laughs> Persephone and we could go to a rabbit show. And my mom and I were always down to like find an adventure on the weekends. And so- Wait, who's Persephone? 
Persephone is my first, my first bunny. My first bunny was a broken chocolate named Persephone. That's Aww. the color variety. She wasn't broken. It's fine. Uh, she has since passed, but we loved her dearly, and she's she's buried in my front yard. All right, this uh, podcast is in Aww. honor of Persephone. Persephone, yes. yes. I have this amazing like Persephone art that one of uh, my friends drew for me on set. He was He's a fantastic <laughs> actor, and now he's like much bigger. And I still have this art that he drew when he was like a child of Persephone, and it's like framed in my rabbitry. Aww. Yeah. It's okay. Cute. Wait. So you, you hear draw. about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you hear about the rabbit shows. Your mom has Googled yet another yes, fantastic yes. thing for you guys to do together. She's like rabbit show. I think it would be really fun because she had done. You know, she had raised bunnies before. She loves baby anything. She was like, I think, I think we should think about maybe getting a buck, a, a boy, and and like having a single litter of 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 bunnies. And you should get another mini rex and like have have a litter. I think that'd be really cool. They have really small litters. It's usually like three to four. And I was like, wow, okay. And I was young at this time, sure. So we went to the rabbit show. We started walking around and I was like, I don't, I don't want to breed Persephone. Like, what if something Mm -hmm. went wrong? Like, I've never done this before. She's my baby. Like, I couldn't handle it. I would feel so guilty if I was just wrong for doing that. She was like, I totally, I totally, you know what? I feel that absolutely. So instead we came home with a new pair, a buck and a doe. And when you go from one to three rabbits, it's really easy Fibonacci sequence to just... (laughs) Go right on up. Um, they really do breed like rabbits when you put them together. Um, so boys and girls stay separated, in case you're wondering. Okay, so the first litter that came out, how many? Three, four, five? Yeah. Yeah. And what was the yeah. what were the colors of the two that you were breeding? So the wait, two you that call I them got... a d- so many questions, Nicole. Wait, wait. Yes. You call okay. them, you called them a doe, like a doe a deer is the female yes. rabbit. Uh, yes. And then a buck, like, yes. uh, so would they follow the deer? For some reason, they're taking on those yes, male, female. Claire, didn't you grow up in Ohio? Does this, how is this, how is this farm terminology? How did this, this, did this just not come oh, home to you? she's just pretending. Don't, don't even. <laughs> she's just, she's playing the role. She's playing the role of like Hollywood socialite. What's a buck and a doe? <gasps> a buck I and believe a doe. it, Nicole. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know this, Claire. <laughs> so, okay. So the first litter, how many, how many came out and what, and how did you decide? I see the transition from one to three and now you become a, what did you do with the litter? So, how did you? All right. So, yeah. so I, I don't even know if I could tell you like exactly first litter. Like I remember, you know, it was, it was wonderful. And, and really I, I got under the mentorship of some other rabbit breeders in the area um, because they were like, they, they pretty well in show world too, like, ha new breeder. Fantastic. They like <laughs> take you under their arm and it slowly turned into this like other world in some ways. Cause I'm just like, I've got my, my, my career and my industry in Los Angeles. It's like such a thing. Right. And then this rabbit breeding world became this like place to go on the weekends with just like normal people. Barely anyone knew that I was an actor. People started to kind of figure it out, but like no one knew as an actor. You know, you're you're showing up with no makeup and an apron that your grandma made. It's ex- it's exciting. It's great. It's so country. Um, so so yeah, that that first litter. You know, we, we, we had a couple and I got to learn, you start learning how to pose them and what you're looking for in uh, the standard for the breed, because essentially... How do you pose a rabbit? This makes me so have, happy we're talking yeah, about start, this. That sounds I adorable. I posing them at a very early age, too. So you should see me like posing a three week, three week old bunny. It happens all the time. I'm like, come here. You're big enough. You want to pose now? Um, and they're like, uh, what no. What does a pose look like? What so do, how do you, what do you do with their paws? Every rabbit breed 
uh, poses differently depending on which um, kind of section of rabbit that they're in. There's commercial rabbits, there's there's compact rabbits. So mini rex are within the compact category. These are all the details. Anyway, they pose like compact bunnies. They look like little bowling balls. Um, it's really hard to explain other than showing you a picture, but basically like four paws, you know, forward and, and down. Their heads sit down on their paws and then their top line is essentially like what they look like from their profile. And for a mini Rex, you basically want a, a ball. You want it to be totally full all the way, you know, all the way around. And then a very nice, deep, wide, balanced top line. These are all the words. And then you get into coat structure, which is 50, 50 points out of like the hunt. It's like 50 for the body and 50 for the coat. So they're equally yoked in like how important each one is. So you breed for both your type as well as your fur. And then color is much less points, but it still matters. So basically then you're breeding for these really dense um, coats that have the right texture and the right resistance and like all of these little terminologies that the judges all know and the breeders all know. And that's kind of how you choose, you know, what to breed. Like I know which rabbits have what faults and who complements each other to make babies that are going to do better on the show table. So you are totally anthropomorphizing quickly... all these rabbits. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. So bonding with mom over mini Rex rabbits yes. is huge. How has that deepened your relationship? Like how, how have you guys gotten, you I know, think what we've always said is it's it's sort of always given us something that we could talk about. So especially in times where I was, you know, going through teenage years and then, you know, being a young adult and, and just like the normal things that happen with, with wanting independence and whatever else, it was always a safe topic. And I think she really liked having a safe topic because with my career, like I'm an artist and an actor, I get so sensitive depending on like the day. <laughs> so like some t- there are some topics in my world that aren't safe. I might overreact, especially with a mom who cares so much and just knows she doesn't want to say the wrong thing. And so the the rabbits is always a safe safe topic, and, and my dad would joke like, it doesn't take much. You can turn any conversation into a rabbit conversation because <laughs> it'll just suddenly it'll just suddenly be like, you know, we really could. What if, what if we did BB eight to cupcake? Like that's what it sounds like. And I was like, oh my god, BB eight to cupcake, yes. Does he just tune out, Nicole, when you guys start um, going on that? Oftentimes, he looks at anyone or no one that is also with or around and just goes, it's, is, this a, is this a bunny conversation? He just pulls out some book about World War II and goes, just call me when you're ready. Or origami or chess or NLP or any of the other crazy intellectual things that he's in. We have a library. My dad is, is, a, is a very brilliant man. So any, any number of subjects, he will happily well, just go to his internal world. I'm impressed already with you, Nicole, because this doesn't feel so much like a passion. It almost just feels like you were born to do this. Like <laughs> I'm just looking at someone who's taught. You're just talking about mini Rex rabbits, right, Claire? Like she just is. It almost feels like you don't have a choice. You're like, yeah, this is just what I do and who I am. Is that how it feels? That's how it feels to me. I think as I've developed, like I've gone through through when I get busy, especially like I go through moments of like, oh, like, what am I doing? Do I have time to do this? Like, this is a lot. 
you know, like I've, I've had moments, um, definitely where I'm like, Oh, what? Like I've, I've got so much going on and I, and my, my mother's the one that's having to take care of, you know, the bunnies and, and, and whatever else, but it's turned in so many ways into a, a place for her to make friends as well. So it really is just kind of this thing that I know I can always come to and, and enjoy with her and something that I love because little fuzzy bunnies just, it's like full of endorphins. So like you just go and you pet things and it's lovely. So I don't know if I was born to do it or if I just fell into it and was like, yeah, this is, this is good. <sighs> Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Tell me about the endorphins because like I'm definitely sensing that from you, especially, you know, the the language you're using, like fantastic, wonderful. Like it's, you yeah. know, I, I mean, because like your joy and excitement is palpable. So what it, what does it do? What, like, what is that endorphin rush like? What is the whole well, experience? It's like imagine taking a fuzzy, beautiful, soft little thing that has gorgeous colors because even more niche within mini racks is I started doing tri mini racks, which is a rare color variety within oh. this breed. So like I specialized. And so it's like taking this really beautiful, fluffy thing and then also satiating this competitive need to be like, I have this beautiful, fluffy thing. And I also know that if any other rabbit breeder touched this beautiful, fluffy thing, they'd be like, dang, that's a really good try. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, So there's a pride in like having, you know, like helped sort of develop this particular variety that had been become really bad quality in many ways because it's such an attractive color that pet breeders would come along and just like breed, breed them to make this color because it was very popular. And we're, we're really, these are my babies. We're responsible breeders. Like we know what we're doing and, and we're trying to breed healthy, strong, lovely rabbits that are heading towards standard. And so I've really been able to like make more tries that are really nice quality and, and kind of help share in our district, which is district two, which is like all of the West coast. Basically I've been able to kind of up the quality of tries and I've got other people interested in this variety. And I had to like overcome try bias with the judges because there was a bias against tries because they were always terrible oh, when they were put on the, the subculture table. world is amazing. There's such a the subculture way. as in any strange hobby. So yes. as far as, you know, kind of saying like the endorphin rush and the born to do it or not, it's really just like, I 
had to kind of characterize it in my head. Like it's a hobby and it's okay to have hobbies because I'm such a goal focused person in my world. And as an artist, I'm like, how am I making the world better? Like, what am I contributing? Like, how am I making people better? And so I had to look at kind of anything that I do, especially something like this and go, it's a hobby, Nikki. Like this is this is for you. This is really good. And you are making the world better within this little niche market. Like you're Mm -hmm. making better tries and people are really excited about them because they're incredibly striking. So like I had to mentally go like, in what ways is this, you know, facilitating the greater good for both myself and others? Um, And it's a very strange little conversation that you have with yourself. And I kind of just pulled back and was like, yo, this is a hobby. Like, this is for your mental health. This is where the endorphins come in. Like, it's not my career. It's not something that I have to feel goes on social media. Like, I don't talk about it very much. People don't really know. I have a bunch of Resident Evil fans and I have not mentioned my rabbits very much because in many ways and for many years, it's just been for me. Like, I just haven't Mm -hmm. really told people. It's just been like something I do with my mom that I enjoy and there's no pressure. I love that. I, yeah. I mean, it's like a little, you know, like you said it perfectly. It's a little piece of yourself that you can just, you know, totally. keep, keep private. Okay, so. And it paint. happens to be fuzzy and very cute. <laughs> and, Look, and like, adorable. I can't help that everything about me is adorable. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry I can go into a stance and a bowling ball. Like, you know. Precisely. That's so cute. Okay, so let me, let, paint me a picture. I'm a mini Rex rabbit living at your house. <laughs> what is my, what is my daily life? Do I sleep with you? Do you snuggle me? <laughs> No, I do snuggle you. You don't sleep with me. (laughs) I will give you ear scritches. You will come out and be posed and groomed and fed twice a day. And you get yummy uh, show feed when you're uh, two weeks out from a show so that your coat is in full condition by the time that we go. And you love those because those are amazing. And sometimes you get papaya treats, which are dried papaya because we love those. Sugar's a big thing. Oh my gosh, stoked on sugar. And yeah, basically I have a, a, a air conditioned space that is just for the bunnies <laughs> and they Aww. have, we call it the rabbitry. It's on the side of our house. It's totally insulated. It has its own water system. It has its own air conditioning. Own mailing address. Yeah, exactly. It's got its own, own space and that is where the bunnies stay. And then sometimes I'll, I'll bring one or two out and, and have them run around the yard. We have to be careful because there's hawks in our area so they don't spend much time like out, out, um, but with us sometimes. And then obviously like I have a cat, so I love introducing my cat to a bunny or two. And she's like, oh, my God, what is that? And they're like, hi, be my friend. (laughs) And that's kind of the relationship between the cat and the bunny. Uh, Recently, I had, sorry, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I had this, um, it's called a blue fawn try, which is a dilute version of the black orange, in case you're wondering. And it happens to be the same color as my kitten named Aslan, who is a blue cream torty ragdoll. So I love putting them next to each other because they basically have the same coloring as mm. genetically between a cat and, and a bunny. And so I like taking their pictures together. One of them, her name is Indigo Tri, is the Tri's name, Indigo. And oh. Aslan. <laughs> and they're the same color, so I like making them meet. Nicole, how how many mini Rex rabbits do you Look, have? Look, we don't talk about it, David. We don't oh, no, t- this is exactly where we, we talk about we, it. <laughs> we don't talk about it. It depends on the day. Yeah, because we have litters. And I also, I, I you know, I can't show everything that I... Uh, so today, read. how many how many I, rabbit heartbeats are on your land just a couple, today? Just a couple. Just a couple. I'll give you a perspective. So if you have a color variety, 
that huh. you're focusing on. Like I'm going to yeah. make tries or I'm going to make, I'm going to work on blues or I'm going to work uh-huh. on chocolates, which I work on all three of those. You pretty well have to realize like you're always going to have at least a buck and two dose. So there's going to be a trio for any color variety that you're working on. Mm-hmm. And then that trio is going to have babies at any given time that are going to have grow outs that you're growing up to either be old enough to show and come into your program and stay there with you or they're going to go become a, a pet. Um, I've, I've had the pleasure. It's really fun to sell to, to, to the pet market when you when you talk to people that are like really excited about like getting getting their bunnies. I think that's been a joy as well as I've, I've talked to like a number of 12 and 13 year olds that are like incredibly responsible and so excited and they come in with their list of like all the ways in which they're going to take care of their rabbit and I get to like introduce them to their new bunny. So I've gotten to do that or you'll end up selling to a show um, to another breeder who might need to be working on something or is excited to start your color variety um so yeah if that gives you like a numbers idea it just depends on like the varieties that so you're you've got at on. least nine rabbits right now and at least yes. and probably more <laughs> potentially Tries are difficult because tries have solids that come out. So tries are a broken colored rabbit. They're spotted. They're black and orange or any of the dilute versions. And then they have solids that come out that are called harlequins. And they basically look like brendled colored dogs. I don't know if you've seen like that, that like brendly color. Mm-hmm. So they're called harlequins. They're solid tries and they're not showable. So they are not recognized by Arba. They are just using tri programs to make more tries. Uh, and they're really pretty. I love them. And it would be so cool someday if they were actually showable because I have really nice Harlequins. So with the tri program, you can have more because you'll have like a buck and a doe and then you'll have like a Harley or two because if you breed those to Charlie's, you'll get all showable brokens. It's a thing. How many? So <laughs> how many do you keep and how many like when? Between showing and selling, do you? I know you're not. I'm not going to give you the answer, David. <laughs> I know, but like, is it percentage wise? Percentage wise. So how many do I that. keep? Like of a litter. So yeah, usually like, when I look at a litter, which is between three and four, up to five, I think the biggest litter I've ever had is six, and you're just like, dang, mama, like we got to spread these around. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's the. Other I know. Thing. Like, you oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Claire, you had Claire a litter. Knows. So with with bunnies, you always breed at least two at the same time so that if, if either mother had an issue or decided that they didn't want to be a mom, which can happen but doesn't happen rarely. My, my bunnies have been such good moms when they want to be. And you always breed two at the same time so that you have the opportunity to like move babies to the other mom should someone's milk not come in. You just, it's just like a, a risk aversion sort of thing. So you'll always have at least two litters together, which is kind of fun. Um, so percentage-wise, when you keep, it really depends on the litter and if the cross is something that either created something that I'm excited about showing or I'm going to end up using in my program because it's going to bring me closer to standard in in some way. And it's funny, like I, because I've been doing this for as long as I have now, like it's not just a cute bunny anymore. You get excited about a cute bunny. You're like, oh my gosh, that one's clearly cute. And then as they grow and you start to see their quality, you're like, oh, you're so hot. And I start just telling my rabbits, gosh, Dang, you're sexy. Just stop it. Stop it. Look at that hind corner. Get out of here. You're so full to the table. And uh, the affection grows in just like the Work quality. Work it, girl. Yeah. I'm like, go. Go, girl. I back up. I mean, do you, do you think like, the rabbits understand? I mean, do they they respond to your voice? They understand? What is the relationship? It's a symbiotic relationship between you and the bunnies, right? Yeah. yeah do you bond with rabbits? Oh, def- I mean, I definitely have favorites, right? So I have some that are like, they will never leave my rabbit tree 
history. BB-8 is one of them. I have a little black orange try that looks like BB-8 from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, he's come with me to the motion capture stage. I've literally brought him to the mocap stage before, <laughs> and like he was he was the set bunny. And they put they put mocap dots on him and let him run around the oh my uh, the volume. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> yes. So like I definitely have some that are like my 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 pet bunnies that are are never leaving the Persephone's the Persephone's exactly Mm -hmm. the freckles Persephone Mm -hmm. do they all get names oh every every single rabbit has a name and every single rabbit has a tattoo of their name in their ear so I also tattoo all of my bunnies you you do the tattoo oh yeah oh yeah I have a tattooer do you do do you not do anything Nicole (laughs) I also fly (laughs) I'm I need to be with you come the end of the world I feel like I'm going to be in good good shape with Nicole (laughs) lots of rabbits uh a lot of other animals probably some sort of variety of milks yeah (laughs) yeah and you'll fly Um, us away yeah delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Oh, what's the tattooing process like? Yeah. T- and how did you first learn to do that? And were you scared? Sorry, all these questions coming to me because that seems like so I mean, crazy. Yeah, very strange, <laughs> right? So you you numb their ear. They never feel anything. And it's in a particular area that they really don't feel anything because um, they just don't have that many nerves in their ear. And it goes in there. I'm trying to think when I'm looking at the, when you're looking at the rabbit, it's their right ear, but it's technically their left ear is where the the show tattoo goes. And you have to have a tattoo in order to show, because if you have literally 72 black rabbits all on a show table, you're going to lose your bunny. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) they all get tattoos and some people just do like number whatever. And I've gotten so good at it because if I do anything, I'm going to be really good at it because that's just my commitment as a human. I'm just like, I'm going to be the best at this thing. And so I make really neat tattoos that are sometimes really, really long. And so judges have gotten used, like they can identify my rabbits, which is kind of a problem because they'll open up the ears and be like, Miss Blue becomes you. And that entire thing is written out in their ear. Uh, uh, in like do you really hand neat. like yeah 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 I it? hand do it so it's it's basically um it's it's human grade needles and human grade ink and it basically is like a converted automatic toothbrush is like the prison the level tattoo of power. yeah basically <laughs> so it's a converted automatic toothbrush but you buy it from like a rabbit's like from KW Cages who like does rabbit supplies and stuff like that and they've converted it to make it like really cool and, and professional and like a whole kit and so um yeah basically I 
was a little nervous. I think the first time that I that I went, I definitely like looked the first rabbit in the eyes and was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I don't want it to be ugly. Like I really want it to be nice. Like this is a lot. Um, and it turned out fantastic. Aww. And uh, they were so good. And at the end, they flicked their little ear and bounced off. And I was like, well, good. They like it. I've my my client was satisfied with their short term trauma. Not long term. <laughs> they they really they really don't feel it. They just kind of go like, "Why is my head vibrating?" Because <laughs> it's like the vibration of the tattoo gun. I'm speechless. Um, yeah, <laughs> Claire, you should do that for all your kids, you guys, just in case you ever. Really you know. I do write on my kids when I go to a public place, like let's you know a fair or you know um, yeah, yeah. Disney or Six Flags. I write with a sharpie my phone number on their arms, all of them, and on their backs. So that if it's amazing, you know, if that somehow they get separated from me and, Makes you know, sense. my my older ones are like, well, I know the number. I'm like, yeah, but if you're unconscious, then this way, how, how they, are they going to know anyone can find it? On yeah, you. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's basically the thing. And then in the other ear, you register them with Arba as well. So if they have a registration number, anyone could look up in the Arba system like what rabbitry they're from, who you know, who the breeder is, where where they belong, um, and I do that for all of my rabbits, including ones that I I end up selling as like pets because my policy is very much like this rabbit comes back to me if there is any reason at all that you no longer feel you can take care of it. Because um, I'm big on that. I'm like, this will never see a shelter. It is tattooed. If it does end up in a shelter, they will call me because it has an identification number. Like, it will, yeah. it, will, it will come back to me. I'm pretty big on that because I'm such a, I'm, we're, we're huge animal lovers. We're huge advocates for the, 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 the wonderful treatment of, of animals. Um, With the naming process, real quick, do you see the personality before you give, before you give a name? Sometimes, usually their personalities honestly don't develop that much until they hit senior um, age, which is like six months and up. And by that time, they've already been showing as a junior, so they have to have been named. So usually my litters have themes. So like my litters will have naming uh, naming systems based on based on who the mom and the dad were. Um, so for example, I have a lilac doe that I named Idriel after my first video game character, um, Idriel from Shadow of War in Middle-earth Shadow of War, Lord of the Rings. And so all of her babies, she's actually the oldest rabbit that I still have because she was like part of the OG um, kind of group in some ways. And um, so like all of her, her babies have like fun fantasy names or elven names or, or even D&D names. So like she just had a, a recent litter and it's Druid and Bard. Um, were the two bunnies in that litter. So they get like <laughs> Druid and Bard and like those are their names. Um, and then she, uh, my other lilac buck is named Arendelle. So they like the lilacs all have like, these very specific fantasy names. The tries, um, I started putting TRI in almost all of their names. So I have like Try Me a River and Indigo Try and um, Trilogy and Trinket, right? So I put TRI in their names. <laughs> I like it. So, Nicole, <laughs> your love for mini Rex rabbits is palpable, as I said before. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 100, how fanatical are you about mini Rex rabbits? Oh, my gosh. Um, jeez. Oh I suppose because I, I, I love them so much and I have such an opinion about 
looking at a real, real pretty bunny, um, I would have to put myself at least in the 90s because I know what I'm doing and I'm pretty excited about it. And, and they talk to me. We like to talk to each other and be like, oh, girl, you're definitely in the 90s. Yeah. That's, so I'm, <laughs> that's without question. I'm going to put myself in the 90s because I'm pretty proud of myself. And then I just have a hard time with that question because I, I, I just have so many interests. So I have a lot of things that I'm at least, you know, in the 90s about. So I, I just 90s. make a lot of space in general for like all of the things that I'm like, I'm at least in the 90s about that because I just generally have a lot of passion to share with the world but when you do something you do it full on yeah like, I love that with you know anything, what I mean I love that, that I about do. you if yeah. you're like you want to go rock climbing I'm like yeah but can I get the shoes and the gear and like look like a badass doing <laughs> right. it I need right I need the, I need the REI like, total get up head yeah. to toe $400 on Amazon later oh jeez <laughs> well what's so life. fun Nicole is just how it's it's not only something that you love to touch how soft they are and how cool <laughs> they are and how pretty they are but it's like it, it 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 works into both the safety thing that you're saying, which is like this is a safe, fun space yeah. for you that you don't have to like necessarily be great at the it. Yet it low. is something that <laughs> taps into your sense as us performers all do. Just like I want to be good at this thing. I want to, you know, be successful. Yeah. But yet not on the same level of like totally. me putting myself I mean, out in the world. Like I love going to shows, whether that's theater shows or rabbit shows or a movie. Like I'm going to go to the shows and um, yeah, going, going to the bunny shows is just so much fun because it's, it's really fun to win with rabbits. It's really fun to have other people be like, that's a nice rabbit. It's really fun to be excited about other people's rabbits because everyone's really supportive within their breeds. So I know all of the other mini Rex breeders in my area um, and, and who, kind of have reputations around the nation there's like a whole kind of world of like knowing breeders and in some ways I've gotten known so much more as a as a tri-breeder nationally and internationally I've had people from Malaysia reach out and be like hi what would it take to ship one of your rabbits to Malaysia and I'm like uh let me let me see um, so, so literally I have people from around the world kind of reach out and be like I want a tri mini Rex rabbit from you and a trio if possible. Um, yeah, you're like, uh, it rhymes with cha-ching. That's how yes, much it'll take that's, to get that's it That's what there. it will take to get to Malaysia. <laughs> Good luck. So, Nicole, we usually always end on the sense of uh, asking, you know, what's a gateway into this sort of fanaticism that they have? So I don't know if my question would be a gateway is not to take care of rabbit like what rabbits oh, the I best rabbit you, to kind of bring tell you what or what's the best way to start breeding yes so a gateway is a pair <laughs> that's all it takes you need a buck just and take a, two you need a buck and a doe that is and that is go. the gateway to becoming <laughs> a, a rabbit person because once you have one litter of babies you're gonna be like this is amazing uh <laughs> these tiny little beans are wonderful and they grow up into really pretty beans um Aww. so yeah a, a gateway is to one i mean just be an animal lover in general and two we're we're really big on the rabbit world of like just get get educated don't just breed uh you know a pair of rabbits any pair of rabbit like don't do that that's that's not what we're here to do come get educated come talk to breeders come to a show if you're really interested in actually like breeding a rabbit or, or having a litter come talk to people that know what they're doing so that they can help you kind of add to the value of this breed because we're always in make the breed better make healthy rabbits all of that and um there are so many people that know so much so the gateway is come to a show learn about rabbits and look at all the breeds because you know i'm biased mini rex is 
100% the best breed out there. But there are other <laughs> kind of cute breeds if you're interested. Um, so you come learn a little bit about bunnies. And then from there, I mean, who knows? It just kind of can take over if uh, it's something you're excited about. Well, Nicole, you are 100% the best uh, breeder we've ever met. Oh, so thank, thank you. you thank you so for much. being on here <laughs> to our wonderful show. Yes, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an award-winning rabbit breeder, you know. She sips her coffee. <laughs> I love it. She loves rabbits. You know what? <laughs> that is like. Like loves that, them. You know, and usually I'm not surprised when I say, you know, on a scale of one to 100, where are you? And when she's like 90, I'm like, no, girl, you're a hundred and like one. You're a hundred and one bunnies. You know, absolutely. She she got me into bunnies and I don't even need another pet. I already have four pets. Would you would you let one of your kids take take one of these little bunnies home? It, I guess it's 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 still a pet. It still has a heartbeat that you're bringing into your house that you have to take care of. Like as small and as adorable as they are, it's still another thing you have to be thoughtful of. Would you let that happen? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You would. I'm you looking, would because you have a million your heart is expansive. I'm and looking for a bonding cold. situation with my oldest daughter, especially right now. You know what I mean? So I feel like personally my takeaway from this episode is yes. Mini Rex bunnies are adorable and I want one. But also like this is a this is a, you know, a entry point with my teenager for us to sort of like get on the same page with something and also give her a little some a little more responsibility. I mean, she has to take care of the other three siblings, but this is a bunny. So it's different. You know, there's more joy in it. I like the connection. Exactly. Like what she had with her mom. And that's always a safe space. Like that's how what sports is for me and uh-huh. my father. I kind of love that. That it's like, hey, no matter what, when things are crazy, maybe I disagree with you about this or that, but we can always agree on this adorable bunny and that keeps us sane and keeps right. us connected. And I think that's a beautiful thing to find with the with And the as we member. learned from Nicole, there's a whole it, it doesn't just start with like, okay, feed the bunny. There's a whole obviously a whole huge world, an encyclopedia of knowledge about these mini Rex bunnies to, you know, explore and grow and and oh, yeah. you know, I mean I'm I'm frankly I'm blown away, David. I, d- <laughs> I didn't know this much was out there about bunnies. Uh Claire you're amazing. People listening, you're amazing. Nicole Tompkins, hit her up. She, she'll she'll talk about rabbits with you and maybe even sell you one. So love y'all. Bye. Bye. And next week on Fanatics, it is an episode not to be missed. The lovely, lovely J. August Richards is going to be dropping in to talk about his love of Ani DeFranco. So I know you guys love him as Gunn from Angel, obviously. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Council of Dads, uh, Generation. But we won't talk about any of that. We are just going to talk about Ani DeFranco. It's a great episode, and we'll see you guys next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Colin Baker. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Wait, that's a lot. How can you be Resident Evil? When you're raising tiny rabbits, you're more like Resident Awesome. <laughs>
You're cool, Nicole. Are you tired of dating assholes? Do you want a Prince Charming? If so, we're filming a reality show. Sign up here. 12 American women are flown over to the UK for a Bachelor-style reality dating show. There are so many questions about a show like this because it's so odd. These women have been told that they were going to be dating the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry. What? Y'all playing with me, right? You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.